You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Your digital audio device. Tune into Orange True Podcast, Harvard by College Magnolia.com. The correct journey here. Stadium time is 8:44 p.m. Central Standard Times. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. I'm Drew Croson at Thunder Two on Twitter at Thunder Crow on Venmo. Joining me through Skype, recording this because my recording software is not working, is Ryan Starrett at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for Skype recording. Signing Marcelo Zuna. We, we could just take over this pod with uh, the people here and talk Braves for a little bit. That's what the people want to hear is Braves talk. To the other side of me via Skype, I think coming in clearer. On his brand new OnlyFans feed, the AUG. Salutations. He's giving you that that Fort Payne ASMR, and now he got the camera to go with it. You guys. I'm upgrading headsets next week. Oh my gosh. The people who pay for this content are going to have to be paying a lot. Can we get him a Mando cutout to go with the uh, 3PO? Yeah, you guys can't see this because this is a. So far, an audio-only podcast, but he's got a little Star Wars set he's on right now. It's just my office. And also, joining us, the doctor, the doctor himself, Will McLaughlin. Wish I had a better medical report to bring, but I don't for this Auburn basketball team today. I know. It's a... We are in the throes of a 500 basketball season. And as a Mavericks fan, I am also in the throes of somehow we are the second worst team in the West. And no one can figure it out. I can't figure out either one. Go Trey Young. If I had an answer for either, well, not like the Hawks aren't tearing it up either, Ryan. <laughs> not 14th in the East. If I, They're also in the East. If I had an answer for either one, I'd be probably not sitting here. Well, one of the answers for Auburn, we haven't talked about this. We, we talked about a lot off the pod. Auburn is one of the most unlucky basketball teams in the country this year. For the first time in a long time. It's uh, not good. Uh, that, uh, that luck factor in Ken Palm is uh, not in our favor this year. And I, I guess that's it's not the law of averages. Uh, James Jones and... Uh, Josh Dub would correct us. It's it's some other term. Basically, it's just averaging out. We've gotten lucky in a lot of other years, and now we're not getting lucky it's at just all. Just chaos, Auburn. Yeah, sure. The luck factor gives, and the luck factor takes it away. Yeah, you'd like to have the luck factor be low on a year like this. That literally means nothing. The games you're watching are mere are mere simulations, as far as Auburn is concerned. Especially well, when you got th- three two point losses and a four point loss. Yeah. 
four-point loss to the number one team of the conference. Yep. I think we had won nine straight overtime games, too, uh, or something silly like that. I did not have one hope of winning that game once it went to overtime. Oh, when they took the lead, I was like, oh, this is this is very not good. And yet it was a tie game with, like, 12 seconds to go. I had gotten, I, I'm growing more and more pessimistic about this team only because I don't, other than Sharif, I don't see a guy who has that, like, I'm going to take over this game and score 30 points if I need to. Or we are not losing. Like, Isaac, Isaac last year on a number of occasions – the South Alabama game being the most notable that comes to my head immediately was we are not freaking losing to South Alabama. Yeah. And he all of a sudden just didn't pass. And it was just the last couple of minutes just took it over. We don't have that guy. Yeah. I, I mentioned this last week. Uh, as good as Sharif is, he's not the guy that you want to have the ball when you need to win the game. Yeah. He um, actually, and he, he nailed the shot. Yeah, yeah, he's our best he's, option. Yeah. But he's not uh, as good as Isaac was at that. No, no, he's he's definitely not. He he's not even uh he's not even on that kind of level of like a Mustafa or um uh I mean Bryce and Jared. We were spoiled for years because we had a team full of dudes that whoever had the ball, you had confidence that they were gonna score. And now we don't have any dude. Jared would do it as well every so often. He was yeah. just yeah, I'm done passing. Yeah, yeah. It, well, Jared, like everybody on the, the – it's probably why we made the Final Four. Everybody on that team, uh, in the starting five at least, and outside the starting five, there were dudes that you were like, okay, if that guy's got the ball. We're yeah. going to be fine. I mean, there was Jared. And there, was his, Bryce, there was Samir. His, yeah. Uh, you know, and – and we just don't have to do this. Last year's team had Samir and also Isaac and also Austin Wiley, who would after every so often go, "Hey, look, they're guarding me with a was a six foot three guy." Sure, and even Javon McCormick, and Javon, yeah. and even Javon, the uh, LSU game. I mean, happy anniversary. That, remember the remember Austin Wiley had eight points off the bench against Kentucky in the Elite Eight. Yeah, and it was eight points of. Yeah, I, they can't guard me, so give oh. me the rock. All right, Auburn right now. Go ahead and uh, you know make the excuse. This team well, is younger than any team they have played. And right, like Austin top Wiley 10 was a high school senior. Austin Wiley was a high school okay, senior. Okay, JT Thorne's 18, a high school senior. And Austin had an eighteen seventeen game against Alabama. An eighteen seventeen game. Of course, he Alabama. never he never quite reached that high again. Yeah, but <laughs> where where are didn't, those? Didn't games? JT Thor have like a? a uh, similar, like fifteen five five or something like that. Where are those games coming? Where's the eighteen seventeen game from one of our posts? It's a lot easier to do that when you have other upperclassmen on the team. No, Alan you Flanagan have... is your is your senior leader on this team, and he's a sophomore. You know what JT Thor also has the best point guard who's ever played at Auburn. <laughs> the best passer who's sure. ever best put on passer. sneakers at all. Also, the worst shooter on the team right now. And he also likes to turn the ball over a little bit too much. For, if you for can't Monday. get open, if you can't get open and hit open shots, when a guy who can find you in the stands is passing the ball, a guy who could find you in a haystack is passing the ball to you, you can't make open shots. I'm sorry, well, you can't I, make open shots when Sharif's giving you the ball. Who else is? Who's giving you the ball next year? 
we have a guy who passed better than that next year? No, think so. Well, I think yeah, I think uh, I think JT is is struggling a little bit with the physicality of the game at the moment. I don't have a problem with JT almost at all. My problem is mostly with guys who should be shooting the ball better than they're shooting the ball. Yeah. Guys who literally aren't even attempting shots for the most part. Well, our our quote unquote shooter can't hit the broad side of a barn at the moment, and uh, it, that that's a that's a problem. The guy who has played solidly for two weeks now uh, is Jalen Williams. Yes, and he's shooting like forty, what forty over forty percent from three. He's taking. 30-something threes. So Yeah, I know when we talked last week, he was 42% in conference play, and he had another good week, so I'm sure that went up. He's 39.4% on the season. And last week, he was 2 of 5 against Georgia and 4 of 7 from 3. So that's 50%. So Yeah, he's up to 44% from 3 in conference play. Yeah, he, he's doing well. We're just not having him shoot enough, I guess, this Jamal's shooting there. every time he gets the ball. Yeah, which I, he's, he's not supposed to be, but he's not getting out of the funk. It's not happening. His percentages aren't. It isn't like he's shooting ten percent. Yeah, but he's also not shooting forty percent. Well, he may have shot ten percent in that uh, uh, Georgia game. No, I think what did he, he shot like twenty five percent? Well, yeah, I think eleven. Yeah. Ouch. But, uh, but, but I will not, say this about but but I will say this about Jamal in the Georgia game. I think. He tried to keep us in the game. He was the only one that yeah. could knock on shots. But, you know, that Georgia game was, you know, every time Auburn made a run, Georgia had a response. Yeah. So, And well, that taking shots. That, I mean, that, I, I'm not worried about our offense. I'm really not. We're we're scoring plenty of points. I'm worried about our defense. We can't yeah. defend, we can't we defend the, me. <laughs> we are the worst interior defensive team I've seen in, in forever. And, and the one guy that we have that's really good at it, it gets in foul trouble, and that, that's what happened in the against Ole Miss, and that, that's really why they tore us up because White well, this is bananas on us. And, and one of those things that like you look at some stats, like counting stats, like blocks, and Auburn's like the best in America, but like blocks is not no. defense. No. I mean, it like it's a defensive stat, but it's like it's kind of like um, there are a lot of defensive backs in football that might have a decent number of interceptions who get burnt every other time. Sure. And that's kind of where Auburn is. Well, it's all, blocks. It are, also, are we talking about Smoke Monday or no? <laughs> <laughs> it also hurts our, our rebounding. When three guys are going up for a block, nobody's nobody's there to rebound if they don't block it. Yeah. Or even when if they so, do, it just goes right back to uh, For conference play. Okay. So kind of middle of the road and – uh, and shooting or effective field goal percentage for opponents is 50%, seventh in the SEC. Um, but we're 11th in turnover percentage, 10th in offensive rebounding, or I guess defensive rebounding, and 10th in free throws attempts per field goal attempt given up. So are, are we using our length to alter a lot of shots, but they're not doing anything else with it? Well, we're not. Like the possession is not over until your team has the ball, right? Right. And we're not getting the ball, so it's like we'll block a shot. That's great. Then they get it back, or get right back up with it and lay up. Yeah. Or they'll take a shot. We'll we'll defend the shot. Have a guy's hand in his face. Shot goes up and he misses it. That's awesome. But then they get the offensive rebound. 
So, like, the possession's not over until we have the ball, and we aren't ending possessions very well. We're also not, like, keeping guys out of the paint. Like, Ole Miss ate Auburn's lunch on the block. Upsetting. And that wasn't – it wasn't, like, the referees. Auburn fans are very quick to call the referees out, which makes sense. The referees in college basketball are terrible. Sure. But the referees didn't defend on the block either. They did about as much defending as Auburn did on the block. Like it was, yeah. it was good for Auburn to have to gain that experience for JT Thor and Stretch and those guys to gain that experience. But like Dylan Carville was pretty bad defensively at times. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, it, it, it that, that I really do think our our youth really hurts us when we're going up against a guy like Ramella White. Uh, I mean, that dude is awesome and old. He's like 23. <laughs> like, like he's, you know, he, he knows what, what Chris he's Silva doing. used to do the SEC. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that has a lot to do with how we looked. And, and like I mentioned before, Stretch got three fouls in like four minutes of play or something like that. And which is a skill. That's a skill that Stretch doesn't have. And that they're and then their offensive players do have, yeah. Like they can draw fouls, like Sharif can draw fouls. Sure. Um, and so, you know, that hurts. I just listening to Bruce talk about what's going on is that he's not throwing any of his guys under the bus. Uh, but then the players also say, sort of, what Bruce says in public is different than what he's saying to the players, I think. And the, and the players know what, what they're doing. They're not following the game plan. And, and that has a lot to do with the youth. And it, you would hope that they could have gotten through that by now. But but the, the biggest thing to be optimistic about is, is they're learning things this year. They're, they're, they're taking some real tough lessons right now. Um, that hopefully will carry through to next year. Like this um, team could be really good with some development and practice and all that stuff. Like sure. this team needs a shooting guard yeah. in a major way, or it needs Alan Flanagan to realize he can get to the rim whenever he wants. Like there, if he doesn't yeah. charge, if he doesn't go out of control, he really has the ability to get to the rim whenever he wants. Well, and that's that his, his issue the last couple of games is that. Even when he is getting to the room, he's he's in a funk where he can't finish the shot. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, it's just the yips, isn't it? Like, yeah, we've all been yeah. there before. <laughs> well, he's, and he's still scoring an insane amount of more points um, like per 36 minutes than he was last year. But he's nowhere near as efficient as he was, you know, a month ago. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. And we put up 109 on South Carolina. This is a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's he's coming back down to earth a little bit from where he was, um, or if he's just in a funk and he'll get out of it. Um, it is frustrating to watch. He's getting in foul trouble. Like I think he's been in foul trouble every game uh, that we've played for the last couple of weeks, um, and and that hurts. And that that'll change the way he plays, and that that's probably why he's reluctant to to go, try to get to the rim every time. Yeah. Um, I I think maybe there may be some deference to Sharif on his part as well when they're on the floor together. 
And when Sharif's not on the floor, we look absolutely completely lost on offense. So we, we look so much worse when Sharif is not on the floor now than we did before Sharif got. Yeah, it's it's like we've become reliant on him and we can't function without him. Well, and and remember, as as much grief as we gave Justin Powell playing the point guard, he's still the second best point guard on this team. I so, I don't know. I think Alan Flanagan was pretty darn good running point. Uh, I'm a big Alan Flanagan homer. Um, I because the dude his per 100 possession is still really good. He's uh. I, not, he's not the best on the team. Four hundred possession. That's Sharif, but his offensive rating is really good. He's uh he's at one hundred and eight per one hundred possessions, right behind Sharif. Justin's ahead of him, but Justin's only played ten games. Justin Powell played has only played one more game than Sharif Cooper has played. So, well, I think he that's said his all uh, offensive rating was 108, but he's you know, 104 in conference play, which, I mean, he's, he's definitely been worse. And obviously, you point at, you know, competition being better, but he's dropped oh, yeah. off more than he should have. Yeah, our conference, these guys have not gotten progressively better each game in conference the way that we thought they might, I think, is safe to say. Sure. This team doesn't look markedly better than it looked when we played Alabama in, Sh- in Sharif's first game. I, think, I mean, I think we have. I, I just, again, that's this is where I think it is a young team. I think we just, from game to game, we uh, we lack a consistency because we looked really good against Missouri, and we looked really good against South Carolina. Of course, that. Some extenuating circumstances there. They hadn't played. Yeah, I didn't even say we looked good against Baylor. We looked good against Baylor. Oh, we looked so much better against Baylor than we did. But now, I mean, we looked we've looked bad against several teams, and we've looked bad. Now it's two games in a row that we look really bad. Uh, and it's two games at home too. Like, yeah, that's that's the that's the that's the worst part of it. If you think about it, and then you think about it too. You know, the Georgia bench, the Georgia bench, the Ole Miss bench, the energy that they brought, they had more energy than Auburn did. Yeah. I, you know, and that's that should never happen. You know who's not looked that bad in conference play is actually Jalen Williams. Yeah. No, he's and been it, great the last well, two weeks. He actually may have gotten better each week. Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. he's playing his best basketball of the season right now. Sharif makes Jalen Williams a better passer somehow. I don't know how that happened, but all of a sudden Jalen Williams is is throwing passes that Boggle the mind with his vision. And as the owner of the Jalen Williams fan account, I approve of that message, Crow, for sure. <laughs> not, I mean, he, has been, he has been playing really good the last couple he's weeks. He's averaging almost five assists per 100 possessions in conference. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms that, of assist rate. As a center. In as terms a center. Of, in terms of assist rate for your in-conference games, you've got Sharif at 55%, which is first in the country. I mean, that's insane. Uh, Justin Powell was at 31%, Flanagan at 18%. So you have three guys that have played all the minutes at point guard through your top three, and then it's Jalen Williams. Who's a five? Right. I, I is, still is think he's a four. He's a four. Yeah, yeah, and, he's, he's a four. and he's even playing most of his minutes at four, even though he starts at the five. Yeah. I think he's a five in that in the same way the Warriors, the Warriors will play um, Draymond Green at five. 
And that is the comp. That is rich man's Jalen Williams is Draymond Green. That is a it's, you can get away split. with that when you have other six ten guys on the roster. I, th- so. I think uh, I think Jalen's a better shooter. <laughs> Maybe I would I would die for Jalen to be that that good of a defensive captain. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I mean, can, can we get the uh, the attitude of Draymond into Jalen though? <laughs> I mean, Jalen's averaging what is he's, he's effective field goal percentage for his career is sixty one. And he's actually better than that this year. He's at he's at almost sixty two. Yeah, he's he's doing pretty good. I I, I think he's I think Jalen is Auburn has a lot of um, expectations on fives sure. for whatever reason. And well, votes. I just I I think he I think he's not great when he has to match up against bigger dudes, and that's why we bring like I I think he can guard. Two, I don't know about one, maybe one through four. I don't. It's just that that matchup. If he comes up against somebody bigger, he do, he does okay. It's just it's just not great. And I think it playing him in the post is just not good. And I think that's reflected in the fact that he's playing mostly at four. Oh, if he's not playing, actually playing, if he's having to play one on one basketball at the block against a Chris Silva type. Yeah, yeah, it's not. That's it's not, not what you're looking for. Yeah. So JT Thor is playing 24 minutes a game in conference play. So the other 16 minutes are going to Jalen. If we could get, if we could get, we played this like this weird zone yesterday or yesterday against Ole Miss that was pretty darn effective. Yeah, it was like a one three one or like a one one two one. It was bizarre. Um, but if we play a little more of that, Jalen Williams is a phenomenal zone. Big, yeah, because he because he knows what to he knows where to stand. Like, yeah, we have a couple of guys in the team whose basketball IQ isn't like through the roof. Jalen's not one of them. He knows where the ball's going to go. He knows where to yeah. be. He has a high basketball IQ. Yeah, I agree. Two two things I want to say about Jalen to add to the point. You know, Jalen Jalen was ten of seventeen in the two games against Ole Miss this year. Like, he was really good from three. Yeah. And the other thing I'll well, say Ole Miss about this is one of the best def- uh, defenses in the conference. Yeah, like so, he was really good at shooting in both the games. And the thing about Jalen is, I feel like with Jalen, his first shot to me kind of determines how his game is going to go. When he makes the first shot at the game, his first shot, he tends to have a really good game. When he doesn't, it's a struggle. So to me, you know, that's always the thing I look for when I'm watching the games at the beginning is when Jalen's first shot goes up. If it goes in, I have a pretty good feeling Jalen's going to go for about 15. If it doesn't, then it's going to be a struggle. That first shot, and it's normally a three. It sets the tone for how he's played, and he's been knocking them down late, lately, and that's why he's, you know, he's been so effective. That's a good point. I think we have a, we got four of those guys in the team. I think Devin Cambridge is the same way. If his I first agree. shot, yep. if his first shot goes in, he's he is like green light. Let's go. Devin isn't the guy you want running the zone. Um, he's not the super high basketball IQ guy. Jalen is. But he also was pretty dang good against Ole Miss. Like Devin Cambridge was not the problem against Ole Miss. No, I I don't think Devin's really been the problem against anybody. He's been good on defense. He's pretty he's, good. He's been pretty good defender. He's he's had a couple of, of bad games, I'd say here or there. But it he's not. He's definitely not the problem. It, 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 there was not like I wasn't wishing that Jamal had started against Ole Miss. Definitely <laughs> like, not. Uh, and 
I guess maybe there's some people that think Devin's a problem because he's not he hasn't scored 30 points in a game or something. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd love to see him knock down shots a little better. He hasn't been great at that, but everything else has been doing fine. I, I have a hard time with people have, giving Devin a hard time considering that, especially against Georgia, he was the guy that had the most energy on the Auburn on the team. And he's been a lot better. I mean, I know he started against Ole Miss for the first time since Sharif came back, but he'd been really good in that six-man role. So it's hard for me to even – Think you know, and I know, you know, defense and eh, three point shooting, but anybody that wants to criticize Devin, he definitely brought the most energy against Georgia Tuesday night. So, so he's like, only had one bad game in conference play, really. I agree. I mean, Devin Cambridge has been good in conference. He struggled yeah. in the Arkansas game. Yeah, that's the one. I was other than that, let's see. He's got. He's been double digits in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, three or four. Uh, yeah. So he's double digits in eight games in conference. I mean, seven of eleven, and and four of the eleven they didn't have double digits. He had nine and eight. So yeah. there's really only two games where he hasn't been good. And he's he's, he's not he's stuff in the stat sheet too. He's got a ton of blocks. He's got a ton of rebounds. Yeah. I mean, and he's really not turning the ball over very much. Um, he's yeah, I, he's I been. I think he's been really solid in conference. Yeah. We were a little shaky on him earlier this year, but he's – I think Devin and Jalen have been kind of your MVPs. Um, Aside from – too, I think a lot of – there was a lot of expectations for Devin. Devin was taking yeah. on a much bigger role in this team that he was expected to. And when it didn't happen non-conference, everybody was so disappointed in him because the expectation is he was going to be one of the guys, especially when Sharif didn't start the season. And, and to be clear, somebody with zero career starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what this team was starting with this year. So, I mean, we, this isn't like a, oh, we've got youth in a couple spots. Like, no, this entire team is that spot. Yeah. I, I have a I have a hard time being that upset. And maybe it's because we started the season with no postseason expectations. Um, but I don't know. These guys, they're in every game. Um even though they're not winning the, the close ones right now, I, I think you know we hit on earlier, that's only going to benefit them in the long run. Yeah. And guys, we're in a COVID season where things are just so out of the norm. We've gotten to watch Auburn basketball play 20 games this year. Just be thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. We pretty, it's pretty amazing that we played 20 games. I think South Carolina hadn't played their fifth yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk Auburn in the pros. I'm going to go to the back, but you guys can actually start. And we're back at 35 minutes and 35 seconds. And here to talk about Auburn and the pros, Dr. McLaughlin. Thank you, Crow. Um, So one of the things I've been doing this year, in addition to keeping up with uh, our, our team, is keeping up with some of the former Auburn players, whether they're playing in the NBA, playing in the G League, or even overseas. Um, and this week, uh, the G League season starts. They're actually doing a bubble down in Orlando. So uh, if you love Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, and who doesn't, you get to see them on the same team again because they're going to be playing on the Westchester Knicks, which is the New York Knicks G League team. Uh, their season starts on Wednesday, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see those two back together again. Jared's on a two-way deal with them. Um, he got into two games with the New York Knicks, but – 
he he is played next to none on that team and um so i'm excited to actually get to see jared back on the court as is bryce brown and it's pretty criminal to me that he doesn't have a two-way deal but it is what it is are we uh, thinking that the two of them are both going to be starting on that team um, I'd like to think yes. Um, I, mean, I think I if Jared sure. has a two-way deal, he's kind of the favored player there. Yeah, um, I, I think Bryce. I think Bryce will start at the two. I think. I think the big hurdle to that got cleared yesterday because um, Dennis Smith was going to play on this team, uh, Nick's G League team as well, but uh, he was in the Derrick Rose trade, so he's on. Dennis Smith. Yes, the Dennis Smith. Yep. They freed him Wait. finally. There was they a freed him, free yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. Twitter campaign. The Knicks are the only team that has had multiple hashtag free so and so in the last three years. So is Derek Rose back with the Knicks? Is that what yeah. he's here? Back with the Knicks. Yeah. Back which, with means, Thibodeau, right? which means, Chief, that Tom Thibodeau has had Derek Rose on his team wherever he has coached. When he has been the head coach, he gets Derek Rose. It's like the first thing he does. Well, that's smart, but uh Wow. It was smart in 2011. Yeah, yeah. I don't, He's I don't like know. the guy that What's like, it though? you go into he's probably 2K hurt, and you're doing a, a franchise. Like you, you have a guy. Like maybe you're, you go get the Auburn guys right away. Sure. That's that's just what Tibbs doing. It's really funny. He went and got him in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. Now he's going and getting him in in New York. But yeah, it's well, good for Jared. Guys. So sure, super good for Jared. I think also good for Bryce. I think, yeah, I mean, Bryce had a really good year last year. He was on the Celtics G League team, but he was also on the same G League team as Tremont Waters and Taco Fall. So right. he was quite overshadowed by those guys, but he had a really good year. He made, he has the most threes in a game without a miss in G League history. He had that 11 for 11 game. Right. And they didn't even win that game. That's the crazy thing. But um, Bryce Brown, I just, I mean, I, to me, I honestly thought he would get a two-way deal this year, and he didn't. So he's got a lot to prove, but I feel like he has over and over again. So what's new? It's tough when you're six four shooting guard. Yeah, like he he's the height of a guy who needs to be a point, and he's not. He doesn't have the point. Yeah, he, and he, he's a good defender, but he'd have to be defending six eight guys. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I mean, uh, he's defending J- James Hart. Y- yeah, you know what I mean. That's the that's the player he's defending, and that and Luca. And guys like that, that's not, it's tough. not really great for Bryce. And speaking of guys who defend James Harden, um, Isaac Okoro has done that. He's defended a lot of, you know, LeBron, KD. Um, he's, you know, and he's actually played the most out of the guys in the NBA. I mean, his stats aren't the greatest in the world, but, I mean, were they honestly at Auburn? He wasn't, you know, he didn't average 20 points a game, really. He's averaging right. about eight on this team. But he's playing pretty much the best team's player on defense every night. So, and this team is terrible. They're actually doing pretty good. Are they not? No, they're no, no. They yeah. were doing really good out of the gate. They beat the know. Nets twice. Since then, they have been trash. And most people think they're going to trade. Like, there are rumors they might trade half the starting lineup. So it might be a different team. Okoro's on. After the Which is unfortunate break. because, I mean, Okoro and Sexton is not a bad one-two to start. Oh, they're going to keep them. Yeah, okay. Those are your two cornerstones. They're going to trade They're going to trade Andre Drummond because he's got a big contract and is actually having a pretty good year. He's and having if, a phenomenal year. And if you're a team that's looking for a, a ring, 
If you could add a guy who's getting 20 and 10 every night, you do it. And they're going to, if Kevin Love ever shows that he's healthy, they're going to trade him quicker than you can say Jack Robinson. <laughs> and I mean, they got a couple of guys they're going to get rid of. Uh, JaVale McGee, he's going to get traded. Like, they got three guys that have played the, the same ish position, and they're going to move them. So the other guy they would build around would be Jared Allen, who they got in the James Harden trade. They've yes. wanted him for a, quite a while, and and he's been fun. To, like behind Isaac, he's my second favorite player on the Cavs, and I've watched a lot of Cavs games. They're they're a fun, they're a young fun team, but you know they're it's like this, you know it's like an Auburn team. They're learning, they're learning as they go. They are learning on the fly, and Darius Garland's been pretty good. They got Chief. They have one of the best nicknames ever, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. They call him Sexland. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the official Twitter account will tweet "Sexland!" exclamation point. Nice. There was totally a T-shirt campaign. I think that they tried to they tried to get behind like, with that. But how is Dangel not on this team? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, Dangel's probably busy. Uh. <laughs> Who else? Uh, okay, so how's Chuma? Have you talked to Chuma yet? I was. No, I hadn't talked to Chuma yet. No, so. Um, he is working his, well, he's played three games here, you know, the last week or so he missed about a month cause he had a bone bruise in his, in, in the knee. So, um, he came right out of the gate, his first game back last week and knocked down a couple threes, scored 10 points in like six minutes. While he did that, he, he picked up four fouls and did <laughs> score again the rest of the night. But, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's averaging about four, four points, three rebounds, you know, he's, I mean. He's playing about 16 to 18 minutes off the Magic bench right now, and that's a team that has just been absolutely decimated by injuries. Yeah, that Magic team has been – they're not great either. No. Um, and and they've their fan base has been kind of clamoring. I kind of delved into Magic Twitter and Cavs Twitter recently, and both fan bases seem to like the Auburn guys. Yeah, Ma- Magic Twitter is like desperate for Chuma to get back and get healthy, which I think is mm-hmm. understandable considering he's played like he's been in the league technically two years and played half of one season's games. Yeah, played eight played, games. Yeah, uh, eight, not even that. Eight, eight games. total games. Yeah, yeah. God yeah, bless. He's yep. he's still considered a, a rookie. Yeah, too. Yep. So he, he's a guy that gets he's gotten two rookie cards basically because last year he didn't play, but they're. I mean, they were the last undefeated team in the NBA, and then Markel Fultz tore his ACL. And ever yeah. since then, it's just it's been downhill from there. But everyone's you know, been hurt on that team. Like literally, yeah. their whole starting five has missed time. Yeah, but him and Cole Anthony together would be a fun dynamic duo going forward for them. And you know, Nikola Vucevic, Vuce, Vuce. I think he had like forty-one the other night. So they got. Here's the problem with the with the match. Real quick, real quick. Their four best players all play five. And four. Yep. So, <laughs> they mm-hmm. got, like, they got a bunch of dudes that don't play any. Like, Mo Bamba plays no minutes. And they need to move him because yep. he's actually not half bad, but he doesn't play but, like, a couple of minutes a night because there's three guys ahead of him who are the three best players on the team. Sounds like maybe they should make a trade with the Cavs. I was about to say. Swap some Dude, they there. don't need any more fours and yeah, fives. Yeah, they don't need them. Yeah, Cleveland does not need any more fours and fives. Uh-huh. Neither one of them do. They need to make a trade for Isaac. <laughs> Frio Coro. Yeah. No, I actually really like Sexton and Isaac together. Um, 
All right, so Will, how have you been following the international ball? Yes. So um, Austin Wiley is playing in Germany. And help me out with this crow. The, the Rammerstrom Gladiators in Trier. Trier, yeah. Did I say that right? Okay. Yeah, Trier, good now. So he, um, he's, playing, he's playing in the same league that Malik Dunbar was in last year. Um, and uh, he's, he just went over there not too terribly long ago. So he's only played three games with this new team. But he's averaging 15 points and eight rebounds a game right now. So he had a, he had a 22-8 and eight game last time out. Their game got postponed yesterday. So... But um, he's he he started on a, a team in Ludwigsburg, the uh, reason loves Ludwigsburg, but he was at the end of the bench and he wanted some minutes and wanted to play and, and I can't say I blame him. So they moved him to this other team that's uh, in Pro A, which is the second league. So, but I mean, the thing with Austin is, you know, I kind of was hoping he'd be in the G League this year, but Austin obviously is not a three point shooter. He's not, he's a big man that can't shoot the three. So I mean, that really limits his potential there, in my opinion. Yeah, it's – you go to a first-league team like Ludwigsburg, they've got it figured out in terms of, like, their rotation. Mm-hmm. And they – I think he joined, like, mid-season, something weird like that, too. Yeah, he was – yeah. Like, uh, it was never going to be – it was never going to be, like, he's going to show up and start playing big minutes for – like, first-league German is not a huge step back from, like, the G League. Mm-hmm. You're, it's a it's a pretty high level league. It's not Spain or um, Turkey, but it's a good league. It's so Austin made the right move by wanting more minutes, and I think Trier doesn't have a lot of dudes. Secondly, German league is basically like I would say it, that that's kind of comparable to the level of competition he played in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit worse in some games. There gonna be some games where he's better on the court by a mile. Um, but there are going to be some games where there's some dudes there who can flat out play, um, who are trying to work their way up. But I actually like this for Austin. I think he could have a long career in Europe where, um, you don't have to have five dudes who can shoot threes in the Europe, in the European game, the way that you can in the American game right now. Um, and part of that's just because the, the court and the court is a little more crammed because the, the dimensions are a little bit different. So, which is good for a guy like Austin. Plus, he's going to get like a thousand rebounds a game. Yeah. He is a, he's an elite defender at any level. He would be an elite defender in the NBA, and he's an elite defender in Europe. Uh, speaking of guys that getting a lot of rebounds a game, uh, let's segue to Horace Spencer because that guy is Horace. Well, Horace is like, what is he like? The second league or third league in Turkey? He is. I think. I think it's the second league. Yeah, but he is eating. Like he's averaging. So he's averaging about fourteen and twelve a game. So he's he's actually one of the double, leagues. Double. Yeah, he's one of their league's best players uh, this season. Like, if you follow the Turkish Twitter accounts, they're always you know tweeting highlights of him and statistics and stuff. And you know he's averaging almost you know he's averaging two steals, two blocks, two blocks a game. In addition to his statistics, he's been he's had a, quite an impact on the team he's playing for. He's playing for Kosa Eli Kagispor. They're like a middle of the road. Um, they're a middle of the road team in that league, but yeah, he's he's literally had ten plus rebounds in all but four games, and I believe they wow. played seventeen games this uh, seven, 16 or seventeen games this year. So it's he's you know 
he's going to be pretty consistent, you know, double doubles, you know, or close to it every every time out. Hundred percent. I, I and he's kind of in the same boat. Like European basketball is not as physical defensively, so it's a lot more up and down. And Horace is an up and down dream. He loves yeah. up and down. It's kind of when the game gets a little messy, a little sloppy, that's when Horace eats. Yeah. And I think he's going to love it. He's going to love it over there. Um, love it. I think, yeah. Is Malik still playing in Egypt? Yeah, Malik's still playing in Egypt. It's it's really hard to find any statistics. Really, the only time I can find any stats is when he posts his Instagram videos about you know, <laughs> sure. his play. Um, so it's really, it's really hard to find. But as far as I can tell, you know, he's doing well over there. Um, but like I said, it's it's just finding stats in Egypt is, is like finding a ne- trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's yeah, it's, it's even like my we biggest need to challenge. Have him on the show and have him tell us himself. Yeah, we need to do, do that. that. I think, hey, he I really funny. hope that I hope he follows the Marshall Henderson route and plays like a couple of years in weird leagues and then becomes an assistant coach. Pretty great. Uh, him as Love. GA would be amazing. <laughs> because Marshall um, played like in Iraq. Like legitimately Iraq. <laughs> yeah, he will, yeah. Sounds about right. Um, he is he is playing on the War Tampa team this summer. So Malik, that is. So that got announced on Friday. That's Are you the social media manager for the War Tampa team? What now? Are you like in charge of no, social media? Just a fan. You should be. Uh, <laughs> I, no. You are the you are my source for all War Tampa news. What? I'm uh, excited about it because it's ba- it's basically all Auburn. This it's going to be an all Auburn team. Yes, it's going to be an all Auburn team. Um, it sounds like they're changing are, up the coaching too, right? Yes, they're 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 changing the coaching staff. Uh, I'm sure they'll announce soon what it is, but uh, so far uh, Malik's committed to play for him. Dan Gell's committed to play for him. And Sean Murray's committed to play for him. Those are the three guys so far. But, and uh, Laron's coming back too. And yeah, Laron Smith. Yes. So, um, speaking of, we'll. Um, so just we talked about you know we mentioned Deshaun Murray and Laron Smith. So unfortunately for Deshaun Murray's, uh, you know he's playing in Luxembourg, and this and he was scoring like 25, 30 points a game until they shut the league down due to COVID, mm. and they haven't played since mid October. Wow. Luxembourg so, rules, by the way. Like that is, I don't feel sorry for Deshaun Murray because <laughs> making decent cash and living in Luxembourg, there's an Indian place that is unbelievably good, and there's some great nightlife in Luxembourg. Luxembourg, shout out to Luxembourg. That is a, is a good international school. If you have kids, send your kids there. <laughs> they uh, they get their brains beat in by my girls' basketball team when I used to coach. But speak, they speak uh, English there, right? They speak everything in Luxembourg. Yeah, no, well, because it's a it is a micro country. Right, right. Um, it's a it, city, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. And then we mentioned Laurent Smith, and he's playing for Navarra over in Spain, and he's averaging about six point six six rebounds a game right now. He's playing for oh. Navarra. Navarra in the first. Navarra's the second league. He's not in the ACB. Well, yeah, I think they're second league as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you don't see anybody? uh TJ Dunnan's playing too? Yeah, so TJ Dunnan's is playing in the Czech Republic. Um I don't know if their season just ended or what, but uh he averaged 13 and a half points, six rebounds, four and a half assists a game. Uh he had twenty-two points in each of his last two games um in the Czech Republic. Uh they were like ten of twelve this season. 
10, 10 and 12 rather this year. So it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, starting, you know, starting, he's been over there for a couple, you know, he's kind of moved around since he left Auburn, you know, he's been making money and playing uh, professional ball overseas. So. And Quantes Robertson still plays with the Fopport Skyliners guys in the yes, first league in Germany. He has yes. been playing in first league German basketball since college. That's great. 2009. Yep. For the he's same team. team. What's so, uh What's uh, Kenny G up to? Kenny G is playing for uh, Mornar Bar Montenegro. Um, if I didn't say that right, I apologize. He's averaging about nine and a half points, four rebounds a game. Um, they're 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 one of their be- the best teams in that league. They're also playing in like a Euro Cup deal. But the one stat I want to say about Kenny G is he's shooting forty eight point eight percent from three this year. He whiz. Yes. So and I'm and I'm combining like all the the league games and Euro Cup games, but he's sixty for one hundred and twenty three. It's amazing. If I if my math is right here, still so. still the one guy I'd want to see play for Bruce Pearl out of. Uh, well, hey, we need a shooter right now. Bring him back. <laughs> for real. And he was uh, in the G League last year. He was playing for the yeah. G League team. So yep. um, came in yeah. about halfway through the season, right? Well, not last yeah. year, because right? Oh well. Anyways, so guys, last time they played, we aren't we don't talk enough about how Quantes Robertson has been playing <laughs> in the yeah. Euro League. Like he's playing at the high, he is the highest level athlete in the pre Bruce active athlete in the pre Bruce Bruce Pearl era for Auburn basketball. And, and the thing is, is he's been on the same team since two thousand nine forever. He's yeah. he's still and he's still averaging he's still averaging nine points a game. Yep. That's pretty good. Pretty Where is good. he at? He's plays for Frankfurt for the Fraport Skyliners in the first league in Germany and the Euro League. So Frankfurt averaging, got a nice nice place to settle down. I mean, it's an alright town. Great <laughs> airport. Good way to get home. Direct flight to Atlanta. What uh what's uh is Sim Bauer still in the G League? No, no. I hadn't seen Sim Bowers in the I don't know what I don't know what Sim Bowers is doing anymore, to be honest. Um, but I he have seen. Playing, uh, I know he was on the. I know he was in the G League with the Wisconsin Herd for a little bit, and I know he played on the Golden Eagles TBT team. But I don't know. There was some rumblings he might be on War Tampa this year, but I haven't seen anything in quite a while. That'd be funny. Let's see, the last I saw him, he was on in, Real GM. He was in a basketball league of Serbia, which I think is the second league. No, it's top tier. He's in the first league in Serbia. In 2019, yeah. that was the SMP Yeah, it's a it's an interesting place to uh, for for a man such as uh, Sim Bowers to to end up. Serbia. It is Serbia is to bas- is a basketball crazies country. Mm. Um, they well, was, burn a neighborhood down after a basketball. It's not. Game. I mean, it's not really just about basketball, though, is it? It's just. Anything in the Balkans is crazy. Yeah, well, that's well the, when it comes a lot of those places man. don't like people that look like Sim. That's kind of what I was. Well, thinking. that's that's casually libelous for the for the good people of Belgrade. Okay. <laughs> and there's, then, a of, uh, there's a lot of racial incidents in uh, in sports in Eastern Europe. That's oh, I'll say. It is not one of the teams that's actually owned by a political party because there are a couple of those in Serbian yeah. basketball, which is which that's a fun time. <laughs> um, but he was on a team that was from a city called Novosad and now is in Belgrade, but it's, uh, Belgrade basketball is a big deal, man. There's like multiple pro teams, like four or five 
first league teams in, this, in one city, neighborhoods, neighborhood versus neighborhood, club versus club, people losing it. It's, it is a fun time. People lighting fireworks off inside. Always a good time. So I got I got three more for you guys real quick that I'll mention uh, for the for the uh, for the guy for the long the long uh, long suffering Auburn fans Tay Waller, it's playing oh, yeah. well still over in Bosnia yeah nice. so speaking of the about, Balkans yeah so to keep up with the Balkan conversation he's averaging like seven and a half over there this year um, a couple of guys from the early stage of the Bruce Pro, or Antoine Mason is also in Spain. Uh, Valadolid, if I sure. mispronounce that, I'm sorry. Uh, he's averaging like nine nine points a game over there. That's pretty um, good. For that team. And then Tyler Harris uh, actually went to Cutter this year. Whose brother is just absolutely demolishing the NBA. Yes, uh, Tobias is wild. Uh, yeah, Tobias yeah. is having a great year. Yeah, at like uh, it, I guess he's been doing fine in the NBA until now, but now he's just like – just kill him. He's always been a guy. He's always been a guy you want on your team, which is why he keeps getting traded. He's ever like, yeah. yeah, he's a good talent. But now he is fully weaponized. Uh, Tyler Harris demolished this league in Cutter. He averaged like 15 and nine, nine and a half rebounds a game. And I think they, I think their season's already over and, and they won the league that they were playing in. But yeah, Tyler Harris had a good year over in Cutter. Knowing yeah. they are, they will probably try to nationalize him. To get him on their Olympic team, national team, <laughs> they, have a, they have a habit of doing that. Tyler Harris is maybe the most underappreciated Auburn athlete of the last ten years. I agree with you, Chief. That's one hundred percent. He he's well, a solid he's right guy. Katie Harrell. Yeah, well, <laughs> he he was just a solid dude that came in and, and just to help Bruce, who you know. It's like a father to his his brother, and and you know, it was just a good. He was just a good dude, good locker room guy, solid player, and I, I can't say enough good things about him and just his his one year at Auburn. But I I appreciate him. You know him, Laron Smith, Ronnie Johnson. You know those are the guys that came in for a year at the beginning of the Bruce Pearl era. And they help, you know, lay the foundation for what we have now. Those are the guys that that committed to Auburn, committed to Bruce Pearl before we started getting the four and five stars. Yeah. And we don't talk about them enough. We don't appreciate them enough. But for what those guys did for this program, it's it's it speaks volumes. So I would love a Ronnie Johnson on this team. That's a grad transfer yes, point guard. Would be pretty nice to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a guy who can get the ball across half court. I'd, lo- I'd love to have Tyler Harris on this team. <laughs> Uh, I think Tyler Harris on the Chumo Kiki team would have been a first round draft pick. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think people would have been like, "Oh, this dude's super." I think fit is so big in basketball, and yeah, yeah. and like being in the right place, at the right time is such a big deal that like Chuma was so great for that team. Yeah, and I really think that like a guy like Tyler Harris, yeah, could have done a similar thing with that yeah. kind of talent around him. Yeah, and the reason I think he, he'd be great for this team, I just think he'd be a calming influence on this team when we get uh, kind of out of sorts, which is part of our problem, on especially on defense. But That's a good hypothetical, Chief. Yeah. What non-Final Four era <laughs> Auburn Tiger team player well, I think, would uh, you put on this not, team? Not named Kenny K- KT. Uh, KT would be real I mean, this team needs a three-point shooter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
surprised you guys aren't saying TJ Dunnans. Well, that would <laughs> are, are we are we counting uh, are we counting are we pre Bruce you know pre Bruce no, or no, just no. Bruce Bear? Just Bruce works, but no guy who got minutes on the Final Four team can be named. Because yes, great. Oh, okay, wait, wait, I'm gonna yeah, cheat yeah. then. Yeah, I'm give me cheer. Isaac Okoro. Oh. Yeah. Oh no. Good point. <laughs> Isaac yeah. Okoro on this team. Well, we saw we it last defense. year. We were a different team with Isaac Okoro than we were without him. So Isaac on this team is is interesting because Isaac on this team you don't have the offensive breakthrough of Alan Flanagan. It's a good point. Like I, but yeah, it's. I think he's a better Alan Flanagan. Yeah, I, I think he shoots the three better this year than he did. But what position year. does he play? Two or three? Well, he's playing the three, and Al can play the two, and. We don't have to pledge them all 25 minutes again. So you got Sharif, Alan, Isaac, Isaac, Thor, and Jalen. Jalen. That's a heck of a lineup. Yeah, I'd take it. So I guess that's, that's the question. Would you rather have KT Harrell or Isaac Okoro on this team? Isaac Okoro. Isaac. I mean, anytime you can take a lottery pick. Well, that that, and specifically because we mentioned that uh, defense is our big problem now, and I think our defense looks completely different with Isaac Okoro locking their best player down. I think I'd rather have Quantes Robertson led the <laughs> SEC in steals, play point guard. Yeah, period. Wow. Play defense and play point would be really nice to have. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I want Isaac playing point. No, oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess I guess it would be you do have to think, do you want to bring in somebody that's gonna start or somebody that's gonna come off the bench and give you quality? Because at the moment we got one guy on the team that can get the ball across half court yeah. without my heart beating out of his chest. <laughs> Varez Ward. <laughs> all right, that's all I need to hear. All right. How, how long ago or how far back do we have to go where West Flanagan would have still been the best second best point guard on the team? <laughs> our we're we talking like forty year old Wes. Well, that that was that was before Doc Robinson. So I think Chuck or Wesley Person might be the best three point shooter on this team right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that's a given. But all right, who? Uh, what else we got, Ryan? I don't think we have anything else. Next week we're going to talk a little bit of baseball with um, the McCrack of the Bat, Drew McCracken. That's my my new nickname for him, McCrack of the Bat. I did want to mention one what if. There was a one moment where JT Thor really wanted to dunk on like four guys and it, he just, he didn't do it. <laughs> he got fouled and it didn't happen, but man alive. I, I was already coming up out of my seat when it, when he, he had one, he, he had, had one. Had, yeah. Insane. He had one where he did dunk on like three people, but there was another one where I could see it in his eyes when he got the ball and Started going to the basket. I'm like, oh, this dude's going to try to dunk on all these guys. And I think they knew it, too, and that's why he got fouled for you. I am Groot. That's why he looked at him, and I am Groot. That's when it had the angry Groot face. We'll see if Auburn can make it two in a row at Vandy tomorrow night, and they tag on the Commodores, or tonight, I guess, when you hear this. In the worst arena in basketball. Huh? The worst arena in all of basketball. I wish I was going to be there. I wish I was going to be in the building, but, you know. Is it worse than Coleman? I haven't been to Coleman. Here's yeah, the thing Coleman, about Coleman. Coleman's no, it's not worse than Coleman. <laughs> Coleman, Coleman operates on a normal plane of existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it looks it's it's, it's it looks it's like a, a real basketball court. Yeah, Vandy right. plays in a weird like uh, one it's, of those 
like place with all the like a it's hall a of theater. mirrors. It's a theater. It's basically like a theater. I don't like hate house. it. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, you're on the end of the court below it. Ugh. You might as well be playing in a cafeteria at high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah clear it's... out the clear out the tables. Let's throw it out here. It's Call. it's weird. It's weird to maneuver through, but it's it's different. You know, I don't hate it. I mean. I went to Coleman last year and Memorial Gym, and I and I like Memorial Gym better. I'm probably that's probably not a popular opinion, but that's just my personal opinion. Would you like it better if they were flip flopped in terms of schools? Like if Alabama uh, had Memorial Gym, oh, we would yeah, so much trash about their Touché. weird stadium. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. Yeah, because Memorial I Gym was plenty of trash about Stegman. So, like if Memorial Gym was full of Bams, oh, man. oh yeah. Come on, I don't oh, think I'd it would be much. full of bams that are trying to to talk up of oh this is how it should be this is way better than <laughs> yeah. anything else yeah we invented this basketball right this way. way yeah and we're so ahead of the curve Coleman's just a years, big old building is, is that they've updated a few times that's the only I hope they never tear it down oh they're gonna and I can't uh, wait to see how they underachieve the talent they've got on this team it's gonna happen it'd be really nice if they just lost the rest of their games. Sure. Let them, y'all let them peak now. You know, we'll see what happens when March rolls around. But yeah. I just want them to lose one game in a heartbreaking fashion that ends the season. I, I, I already was. told I told Will this a couple weeks ago. There's a there's been a few mocks or uh, bracketologies that I've seen where they would be a two seed mm. playing my favorite mid major right now, Grand Canyon. And uh big <laughs> Grand Canyon fan. I've watched them a couple times, they've won me a little bit of money. Uh, I'd love to see them lose a two fifteen two game. Is Grand Canyon the team that just shoots threes? No, it's not. Uh, no, but they've they've got one giant like six ten, two sixty guy. Uh, uh, his last name's Midgard. Like, nice. oh. like straight out of Thor. Nice. Yeah. I'm big, you should have come here. We could have had Thor and Midgard. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see y'all next week. Next Avoca. As we talk a little bit of baseball, seam ball with the crack of the bat, Dreamer Kraken, thanks to our special guest, Dr. Will McLaughlin. Always a pleasure to see you on the call. Thanks to Ryan. And for Chief, it's me, Senator Crow, saying I hope you have a war eagle weekend. Or even.